Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. your hostess coco speaking <laughs> i don't know why i start this shit so strong and then i'm like wait what did i say like <laughs> like how do i introduce myself is more of my question and yes i'm in bed again today i'm in a mood <laughs> i'm in a mood and i'm just sitting in bed casually under all the blankies because it's cold out and i have my little plush penis shotgun to my left under the blankie with me so if you're crinkling and shit it's the blankets <laughs> so happy another day off from work day, AKA Columbus day. Now I'm just going to keep calling it Columbus day until someone gets so caring about it. They fucking change it to something else. So obviously there's a lot of controversy with it, but you know, I'm not doing politics here. I'm going to just tell you that I enjoy another day off from work due to history, which is basically all it is. Whether the history be tragic or not, and let's face it, all history is tragic at this point. Nobody had a good time ever, except maybe for back then in the time. Like, why don't we just wipe these history books clean and just figure out some other shit or just not teach about it anymore? What knowledge are we like? What are, are people actually referencing things that happen in history? Like, if, if I'm going to ask that question, like, does anyone ever make a point to reference something that isn't a lawyer? Like, who's pulling out, you know, 1492 Columbus, da 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 Like, in what context would we use, you know, Columbus Day? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, sorry, I had a notification pop up on my phone, so I had to look. Again, crinkly. <laughs> um, we should just have an issue with all the days if that's the problem. If, that, if that's what it's going to be like, every day should be an issue. I feel like Mondays, we should always have off on a Monday. Get that extra day of the weekend in because two days is not enough. Not enough with the bullshit I deal with in my job. Let me tell you, it's only getting more stupid at my job. <laughs> it's only getting more stupid. Before I get into that, I just want to, you know, take a step back because I, do I dove in without asking how everybody's doing. So how is everybody doing? Is everybody good? Not that I can hear you, but, you know, I would just like pretend to hear you go, hey, I'm doing all right or uh, I could be better. Or, you know, what a shitty day, but we'll get through it. Like something like that. I feel like I can hear it anyway. Um, also, I want to mention that we made it to 2,000 downloads. I actually just checked today because I was curious. Because a few days ago, we were at like 1,900 and change. And now we're at 2,009. So that's amazing. That year was stupid as fuck. But that number is amazing. I don't even know what was going on in 2009. Like, where was I? <laughs> I don't even know. Was I at Berkeley? I think I was at Berkeley. Probably. Who knows? Anyway, probably racking up some debt somehow. <laughs> um, well, in any case, I hope everybody's doing well. 
Uh, I hope everybody's getting through their COVID, you know, one day at a time, I guess, because what are we on month seven? Because everything has not been normal since March, I think. And we're in October. But yeah, so back to the downloads thing. Yeah, so we hit 2009 as of today. And I was looking at the timeline on it. And I hit 1000 in May, which means that this shit is getting popular. Because it's either about five months or less than five months. And I got another 1000 listens. So I don't know what everybody's doing. But keep doing it. Because it's working and it's so exciting and I'm like feeling the pressure, but I'm pretty sure I'll be entertaining you guys way after I'm dead. <laughs> anyway, that got bad real fast. <laughs> so stupid things that are going on at work. So this is this is what happened to me today. This legit happened to me today. And for those of you who have been, who have been listening to this podcast, I record every Wednesday night. It is 10 to 8 where I am right now, Eastern Standard Time. So you know, it's 5.50, uh, you know, in San Francisco, like West Coast time and shit. But um, yeah, so not that we need to dis- like discuss time differences and time zones and shit. Like, who really cares? Who even decided that? Someone looked that up. Who decided the time differences? Whatever. Um, That is really fascinating to, know, to like to figure out. Not that that matters, but who, who decided that, you know, the sun sets three hours later in this part and three hours earlier in this part? Like, how does this even, you know, I probably learned it, but, you know, phased it out or whatever. So in any case, back to weird shit happening at work. I know I got off topic, which usually happens here. <laughs> so today, well, this started yesterday. Let's go back to yesterday. So as of, you know, facility standards, prior to yesterday... It was okay to sit in your office without your mask on, and you were only required to wear masks in common areas or in hallways or in resident areas. I work in a nursing home where there are two residential buildings. The administrative building is in the center of both of these residential buildings. So I sit at my desk for most of the day, minding my own fucking business, and never have to wear a mask because my office has two like separate enclosures. For my other bosses, I have three bosses. I have two assistant director of nursing, one director of nursing. So when you first walk in, you see me and one other desk behind me, and that's Bonnie's seat. Bonnie is only in two days a week, so for the most part, I'm by myself. So Cheryl and Beth are in the office to the left of me, and Arlene is to the right of me. So one door leads to three different spaces. I'm usually by myself. I cannot stress this enough to you because this next part is going to piss you, me, your uncle, Santa Claus. Everybody's going to be pissed. So this bitch ass medical director comes into the office and she starts going, hey, Corinne, you have three other people in the office with you and you see a lot of foot traffic. So maybe you might want to start wearing your mask more often. Yeah, you heard me exhale because, bitch, mind your business. Mind your business. I get tested every week. I am negative every week. And I wear my mask like I'm supposed to, which is when I'm away from my desk. And nobody comes near me. So it's like, what the fuck are you even talking about right now? I never asked for her help, never needed her assistance. So I don't know why she even thought to say that shit to me because I don't have anyone in this office space with me. That's the biggest fucking problem. 
And then she walked into Beth and Cheryl's space and was like, oh, yeah, um, you guys should be wearing masks, too. And Arlene should definitely be wearing a mask also because of everyone who comes right into her office. And I'm like, wow, she's on some whole other shit today. And then she wanted to start that shit again today. So yesterday she started her bullshit. And like the day before she won, like yesterday she started it. Today she wanted to keep going with it. And I'm just so sick of her that, and even Beth, Cheryl and Arlene are so annoyed with her coming in all the time and offering her advice because what she did was there was a bunch of people in town center. She saw that they weren't, oh my God. She said she noticed that they weren't spaced out far enough from each other in town center and didn't have masks on. So of course, um, she goes, she goes to Arlene and she's like, um, maybe you should go tell those people out there that they need to wear masks or they need to be socially distant from each other. Like they have to maintain the six feet apart. And of course, um, Arlene comes out and she's fucking, she starts complaining. She goes, I can't fucking deal with her and da da da. da. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, man. Like, she comes out and she goes, I can't even believe her (laughs) with the fucking masks and the nerve she has to just come in here instead of just, you know, just tell those people. You walked by them. Just say something. Like, it's just, it makes me laugh every time because it's so obvious that she's such a passive-aggressive bitch, the medical director, and my boss is just so sick of dealing with her because she always comes in with, like, some tattletaling bullshit as if it makes her look good to anybody. Like, nobody even likes this bitch. She's just so annoying. So today, my boss is so funny. Arlene goes, (laughs) she says, uh, Corinne, she's coming over. Put your mask on. And I go, okay, no problem. (laughs) Like We just do it now. But today, Beth, Cheryl, and Arlene had had enough. And they had a meeting that they were going to where they're like, we're going to request plexiglass. Holy shit plexiglass for you so that you because it's ridiculous to expect you to wear a mask for eight hours a day and I was like Shh, go work moms those are my work moms like all three of them were up in arms over it like you're not gonna wear a fucking mask for eight hours a day like we'll just put the plexiglass up so that everybody has like a barrier I'm like true that because this shit gets hot under here and I don't want to break out <laughs> like that's how I felt about it but she like I said she was just so fucking annoying like I was two seconds away from telling, telling her to eat my whole ass and then I was gonna leave for the day because I knew I was gonna get reprimanded for it like eat my whole ass <laughs> anyway so that was a little graphic but you know like mind your fucking business you don't work in this office you don't know how often people come in here and nobody ever just jumps into my face when they come in here they maintain distance I have desk space it's not like when people come in they sit on my lap and talk to me like I'm fucking Santa Claus anyway She's just the worst. And then she has the balls later today to come into the fucking office again to ask me to make her copies for her Zoom meeting. So they do Zoom meetings in the office because there's not a big enough space for them to just chill and converse with each other because socially social distancing and the conference room they usually use is not prepared for that because there's too many of them and there's not enough space. So they do Zoom meetings. And now they finally got in the hang of it. So it's not an IT issue, but it's so, it was so funny in the beginning when they didn't know what they were doing. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had to stifle yawn, <clears throat> but, um, anyway, all things considered, I did have some good news. Um, I just wanted to give a congratulations shout out to my two really good friends, Kelsey and Dan Gatzman. 
And I can now say that they both have the same last name because they got married this weekend. And I got to be a part of that. And I thought it was very special. It was very, very moving, I have to say. And, you know, I love weddings and everything. Very fucking cold. <laughs> very fucking cold out. Like, how did it go from 80 on Saturday this past weekend to 55 and blustery on Sunday? It was crazy. The food was delicious, though. Oof. Macaroni and cheese. Ugh. Anyway, uh, so I got to recreate a picture that I took with Kelsey and Kayla from seven years ago. And, uh, you know, you never realize how close you are to somebody until uh, you you look for a picture. Because I'm scrolling back, scrolling back, scrolling back. And it's like, I've been friends with this girl for seven years. And that's because Kayla introduced me to her because we had a mutual hate for the same person. So it all really worked out. And, uh, Kelsey's been a really good friend. She's very good. Um, we don't see each other often because of what's going on with COVID. So I kind of don't want to like burden her with that, even though like I get tested and everything and, but she's been busy like planning her wedding. So I haven't really been going over there to stress her out or anything, but, um, she's a really good friend. I love her to death. And I was very uh, touched that she invited me of all people. Oh my God, (laughs) to go to her wedding because it was so limited due to COVID that I made the top 50. <laughs> blessed, blessed, bless up. So um, like I was saying before, you never really realize how close you are with someone or how much history you actually have with them until you look for a picture in social media. I'm telling you, I went back seven years. I did not have this fucking picture. So of course, I asked Kayla. So I was talking to Kayla about it. And I was like, dude, we got to recreate this picture. Because all three of us are in the same space. And I was like, I'm sure I have this picture, the old picture somewhere. So let's just fucking do it. So we get in the picture. I'm in the middle. And somehow it turned out that they switched sides from the picture we had seven years ago. So I don't remember exactly who was on what side. But I think Kayla was on my right in this year's picture. Kelsey was on my left. And then it was reversed seven years ago. So Kayla was on my left. Kelsey was on my right. So it was, it was good. It was a, it was a good retake, I should say, like a recreation. You can see how we all look different. And my mom, of course, goes, oh, your face looks the same. And I'm like, no, no, it does not look the same. Like, I definitely look like I'm 31. (laughs) It's not a bad 31, though, because, you know, I'm trying to hit this gym hard, like in its face, like I'm squaring up because I gained a lot of weight over COVID. I don't know if you have or haven't, but they took the gym fee out of my bank account. So now your girl's in there. So, so far I've gone two days this week, yesterday and today. I'm trying to like be easy on myself because when I do it too often is when I get pain. Like that's when I experience pain. So I've been pretty good so far. It's helped me sleep. That's another thing. I've had a lot of difficulty sleeping, mostly due to stress, but it's, I'm, I'm knocking out. Once I do these four miles, I'm knocking out that night. I've done, I've been doing four miles each time I go to the gym. So anyway, uh, yeah, you know, I've been friends with these girls for like, I've been friends with Kayla for longer though. I've been friends with Kayla since she was 14. I've been, so that's like, I'm 31 now. So it's like 17 years. Oof. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so we took the picture 
And, you know, I definitely should have brought a thicker sweater or a jacket or something because one homegirl was fucking, she brought a blanket and I was like, God damn, what a brilliant idea. It was fucking freezing. I was not prepared. I had the nice shoes on. I had a nice black skirt on like a, eh, that wasn't really short, but for my ass, it was short. Uh, <laughs> um, it was cold and, uh, I'm surprised I wasn't sick <laughs> the day after. So I have to say about that. Mm. Um, but you know, one thing I'm not going to deal with anymore is let's just say one thing I've, I've learned about myself is that I've definitely matured in my face, according to the picture, but also in mindset. Now I was told a bit of disparaging news the night before the wedding by a, a friend who attended the wedding. And I'm not going to say names because I don't like to embarrass people because it's not really, it's not really about embarrassing them. I don't want to tell people their business or give a name to the person. Like, you know, I try to avoid that, but I'm sure some people get the hint of who it is. But I just felt really bad for the situation that transpired. And um, it was it was a pretty rough situation. I got sent a snap of, you know, stuff thrown around the house and, you know, her looking super upset. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so immediately I'm texting, like, are you okay? What happened? Are you hurt? Da, 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 da. Like, I'm, I'm the concerned friend. And we were talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. And then the next day she told me everything was cool, whatever, that so-and-so never gets like this. It was just a a bad drinking night or whatever. And parents were involved. And I'm guessing he did, the person doesn't have a good relationship with their parents. Whatever. So it was a whole clusterfuck of a night. The whole next day was like a whole repair type of situation. She told me everything was calm, cool, collect. She was not physically injured in, in the altercation. So she's fine. But she also felt bad that she'd mentioned anything, which is that shit really gets to my heart because I watch enough true crime shit where I'm like, no, girl, always tell somebody when shit like that goes down. Like, always tell somebody because that shit could be the end of your life one day. And it'll be like, always tell someone what's going on. You don't want that shit to look super fake on the outside and be like, wow, they looked so happy and he killed her. Like something like that. Like, I would never want to be in that situation, especially since I know about the situation and then I have to say something because then I have to speak up. But what I'm understanding about these situations lately is that, you know, advice only goes so far. And it sounds really like, condescending to say that. Like, I'm not trying to force anybody to take my advice or anything, but I will, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do, but I'm going to support you. Like, I'm here for you. Like, I'm not going to support stupid fucking behavior, like running somebody over because they broke up with you or something. But if, you know, don't ever feel bad if you tell me something. Don't ever feel bad. I don't ever want anyone to feel like they're burdening me with anything. Tell me all the shit. I'm listening. Like, tell me everything. I'm a good listener. Obviously, you can tell I'm a good speaker, right? <laughs> but, like, I will listen to whatever you have to say. I have nothing else going on besides this podcast and going to work and going to the gym and stuff. I really have nothing going on. So, you know, drop me a line. Everybody has my social media now. My shit is blowing up lately with nonsense. <laughs> Let your nonsense be part of the chaos is what I'm getting at. <laughs> anyway, um, I just really, another thing I want is for people to just start sticking up for themselves. Like, 
we're we're not taking this bullshit lying down anymore. From from this goes back to the situation that occurred that I'm not going to get too specific in, but start speaking up for yourself. You know, you're getting you're getting to the point where you need to figure out what it is that you want and speak your truth about it and just feel comfortable speaking your truth about it. Cuz what else are we doing in this life? Were we going around lying and stealing and sheet shit? Like sheet. Holy fuck. <laughs> I clearly am not a good speaker, guys. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but um yeah, so just you know s- speak up for yourself, speak your truth. Uh don't ever feel like you can't tell me or someone else or someone you love anything like cuz that's fucking nuts. I would hate to not be able to tell my mom something. Oh my god, so much pressure. You like hold on to the thing the whole time and then you just blurt it out and you don't blurt it out the right way. That's what it is. You hold it in for so long that you just like word vomit, like it goes everywhere and you're like, well, that word isn't supposed to be in that order. Like you start picking up the pieces to try and put it in the right sentence and it just doesn't fucking work. But um, moving on (laughs) because that's enough of that because that's really fucking sad. But, you know, I uh, I'm rewatching a lot of shit lately. Just so you know that like I'm telling you, I legit have nothing going on, which is fine. But I play games every now and then. But I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to turn my attention more towards my podcast lately because I feel like when I ignore one thing, I can't pick up the pieces of something else. So like when I start video, like I played this weekend, but not every day this weekend, which is good. I only did one day for a few hours and that was it. And that's all I really needed. And I think it was after the wedding. Played some Fallout 76 with a bean hater. And uh, we did, we played like two hours, three hours. And I was fucking so tired because of the wedding. Also, always bring a fucking gift to a wedding. Like, who doesn't do that? There was open bar, you sluts. <laughs> like, oh, always bring a gift. I mean, if even if it's not expensive, like I brought, I bought a bottle of champagne. I hope they popped that shit that night amongst the other gifts they probably got, but like never go to, go to a thing like that empty handed. That's disgusting. Anyway. And I only say that, I only say that because I noticed that when I put my bottle of champagne down, I only saw like two other things and one of them was a card. Okay. Anyway, I feel like some people were raised better than that. Fucking figure it out. (laughs) so like I said I've been rewatching a lot of stuff lately and American Horror Story is where I got back to because I'm preparing for this supposed next season to come out which what the fuck it's 2020 stop showing me that it's returning in 2020 because we're here now we're here now and I have nothing so like I said they have fucked up giving me the wi-fi at work I'm not gonna say it too loud but I think everybody knows I'm goofing off there. I mean, I I get shit done. Like I say, I get shit done and then they leave me alone for the rest of the day. So it's not like they don't know what I'm doing. So like I said, I finished watching all eight seasons of Girlfriends and I'm a little bit mad at the way that ended because it ended during the writer's strike, which means after episode 13, you don't get full closure. Excuse me, guys. I am sleepy. See what I'm saying? The four miles is taking me out. Oh, God. Um, So I was on season seven when I was getting myself together for the podcast. But I'm now, <laughs> what's funny is 
I type, I start typing up my stuff, like my notes and things I want to talk about on a Monday. So could you imagine the fact that I fucking was on season seven on Monday and now I'm on season nine (laughs) and there's like what one day in between? Yikes. There is a problem. Like I was so, you know, what bothered me about season seven is that Sarah Paulson cried about everything and it should have just been called season seven dehydration. You cannot cry every episode like that and then, you know, cut and someone gives her a fucking Gatorade because electrolytes. (laughs) Like, how are you fucking crying every episode? Like, it got so fucking annoying, but her wife had no reason to leave her like that during that season. (laughs) For Billy Lord. Anyway, season five, I think, was my favorite season besides Coven because it was like the sexiest season of the series. Fucking Matt Bomer and Lady Gaga. Matt Bomer as Donovan. Oh my god. And then fucking Lady Gaga as the Countess. Oof. Oof. That first scene where they walk out together and try and find another couple to then fucking eat. Literally have sex with an eat. Okay? Wow. Beautiful sexy hottest couple ever then you know what made me mad was that you know she makes finn whitrock a fucking vampire and he's not even good looking the only thing she liked about him was his fucking bad boy attitude like ugh, she could do so much better just you know anyway angela bassett came back again my god she's beautiful too she fucking is like the definition of black don't crack fucking gorgeous what is she 60 oh anyway you know so i thought about i was thinking about this while watching it you know and doing my notes i matt bomer is like the chillinest ass vampire ever like he just he lady gaga wants to go out and hunt her meals and everything and matt bomer's like nah why don't we just sit home and watch you know real housewives of beverly hills or whatever (laughs) and she just looks at him like no i'm going out and he looks at her like fine i'm a chill like, he legit just looks at her like every guy looks at every chick when they want to go out. And he's like, whatever, I'll see you later, but I'm going to watch TV and drink this blood wine or whatever. So he he is my definition of a va- like a vampire. Like, this is who I would be as a vampire. He's my spirit animal. I would rather, you know, have my blood bags all stored up like I'm a damn squirrel and just chill in front of the TV because I don't have to go anywhere. What? I don't have to go anywhere for my snacks. We're in. We're in. Again, if you hear the crinkles, it's the blanket. <laughs> I also started rewatching Shit's Creek because they added season six, which is the last season. And I don't want it to end yet. <laughs> like, I know it's going to end and that's what's killing me about it because I finally made it to season six and I'm on episode four or five and I can't seem to make myself want to watch it. Like, I'm, I'm literally, like, before I started recording, I was literally watching American Horror Story 1984. And what made me mad is, where's Evan Peters? Like, that's really upsetting to me. Because he was, like, a staple of American Horror Story. And he's not in this season, I don't think. Because so far, they've shown everyone else. Yeah, I know. Silly things to be upset about, but this is how I am about my TV shows. I get attached to these characters and these actors and shit, and then I'm just horribly disappointed. <laughs> but um, Darren, Chris, wow. 
when they did the, you know, I think I talked about this, the assassination of Gianni Versace. Holy shit. Darren Chris dancing around in his underwear. Hello. I want that to be my new best friend. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, I don't know if I can continue to watch the end. Like some things have been spoiled for me on social media and other things haven't. And I think it's really weird that Grey's Anatomy and The Walking Dead are two shows, like two major shows I watch that have never been spoiled for me. And, you know, I scroll and troll on social media all day long. And I don't usually do that, you know, social media blackout shit because who really cares? Like, I like to be prepared if there's something bad that's about to happen. Like, for instance, when Alex Karev does this stupid episode where they show him leaving for a full fucking hour, where I was, I was like Sarah Paulson crying every five minutes. I even had to text Alicia, I think, that day and ask her, should I be upset about this whole thing? Like, <laughs> should I already be crying this soon into this episode? <laughs> but, um, like, with that... I didn't immediately watch it after they spoiled it on social media. That's the funny part. So I completely forgot that it was coming and I was upset all over again because I actually watched, like got to see the whole thing as it went down. So like I said, like I've seen some things about Shit's Creek on Instagram. Like even my mom said she didn't want to spoil it for me, but she was like, I'm halfway through season six and I'm very upset right now. And I said, well, does it have to do with Ted and Alexis? Because I already know. And I was FaceTiming, I think, with one of my sisters. And my sister goes, yeah, she smiled. So um, I think she's, I think it is that. And I was just cracking up at that because that, I thought that was funny. Uh, so uh, if I had to pick an order... If thinking about Schitt's Creek, if I had to pick an order, who are my favorites? I would have to say David is my favorite. So he's my top person. Then Alexis is a close second. Then Moira, then Johnny. Well, Johnny and Moira are in a tie for fourth, I think. Where's the third? They're in a tie for third. Holy shit. I don't know numbers. <laughs> yeah, tie for third between Moira and Johnny. I even had to check my notes to see what I put. Like, the other people in the show are good, but, like, they're nothing where nothing to write home about. Like, Chris Elliott's always doing stupid shit, and he's, like, the mayor. But Stevie, I think, would be fourth. Stevie's fourth. I do love Patrick and David together. Like, when they introduced Patrick, I was a little wary of him because he seemed a little too nice. But... And, you know, David didn't strike me as the type to, like, nice boys, but whatever. Uh, my mom told me that she thought uh, that Stevie and David were going to end up together. And I was like, oh, God, no. Like, <laughs> like, they had their little relationship or friends with benefits thing, and they called it off. And they tried to kiss later, and it didn't work. So I was I was happy they didn't end up together because they probably would have ruined their friendship. But, um yeah, I'm going to have to finish that show. My mom said that past episode 10, she's been crying each one because she knows she's getting closer to the end. So, And everybody's saying goodbye to everybody. So she said she's very, uh, very upset by it so far. And uh, of course, I told her that I'm a mix of David and Alexis. And she agrees with me because, you know, smart apple. <laughs> uh, another thing, I, I you know what's funny? I gotta tell you, I've been binge watching a lot of shit lately, but this one is one of the things that I've been waiting for since The Haunting of Hill House. 
and I watched The Haunting of Bly Manor. So uh, it's by the same people, and it's a Netflix original. To sum this up quickly, not well, not quickly, because we have like half an hour left together. And uh, man, it's flying by, huh? So, uh, you know, I just want to, before I tell you what this is about, I just want to explain something to everybody. Anybody who has watched the trailer of it has expected it to be as scary as The Haunting of Hill House. I did not do my research on what The Haunting of Bly Manor was based on, but it's it's based on a novel that I'm going to probably try and look up right now. So you're just going to hear me mumbling to myself. The Haunting of Bly Manor based book. Let's see. So the name of the book is called The Turn of the Screw. And it's a it's a book that was written in 1898 by Henry James. So see how old that book is? The summary of the book. Let's see if I can find it. Wow, spark notes. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so let's see. All right, this is a long ass summary. Oh my goodness. So they changed it. So it looks like they changed a lot of the details. Um, it's it, This is too much. I'm not going to read all of this. I just want to see if I can find something quicker. Oh, my God. No. Fucking, you know. <laughs> okay, let's see. So it says, let's, you know, old reliable fucking Wikipedia here. So The Turn of the Screw is an 1898 horror novella by Henry James, that first appeared in serial format in Collier's weekly magazine. In October 1898, it appeared in The Two Magics, a book published by Macmillan in New York City and Heinemann in London. Classified as both gothic fiction and a ghost story, the novella focuses on a governess who, caring for two children at a remote estate, becomes convinced that the grounds are haunted. So essentially, that's what this... That's what The Haunting of Bly Manor is about, okay? It's based off of The Turn of the Screw. And if you've read anything outside of seeing it, which I have, this is not a horror story. This is not supposed to make you scream or jump or anything like that. There are a few spooky moments. There are a few moments where you feel suspense. It is not scary. Nothing in my mind had me scared. Nothing made me feel like I couldn't go to sleep afterwards, but I'm also a psychopath because I can literally fall asleep to any horror movie and still be okay. But The Haunting of Bly Manor was just a story over eight episodes, I believe. It was it was beautiful. It was the most beautiful, beautifully pieced series I've ever seen. The Haunting of Hill House was meant to scare you because it was a story that followed siblings who lived in a haunted fucking house. Okay? So the grounds of the estate are haunted in this case, but none of these, not only one... One or two of the ghosts are nefarious. Everybody else is super chill. Everybody else just lets you see them when they want you to see them. One fucking nefarious character, which is the Lady of the Lake and fucking Peter Quint. But he was a dick in real life. So why would he stop when he dies? (laughs) So the reviews have to stop saying it's scary. It's not. And it's not supposed to be. Okay? Like... Most people are saying that they're scared and that they can't look at mirrors and such because that has to do with Danny, the au pair, 
not being able to look at mirrors because she sees a reflection of a ghost of a guy with lights, like his glasses are lit up. It looks like headlights. Anyway, this chapter in the haunting series on Netflix is more, like I said, more of a ghost story mixed with a love story told by a mysterious woman in a rehearsal dinner. So this woman shows up to a rehearsal dinner. The wedding is the next day. And she tells the story of an au pair named Danny, Danielle, who goes, who ends up in Bly Manor, taking care of these two orphans because their parents died in a tragic accident years ago. And their, their recent, like their more recent au pair died in another tragic accident on the grounds. So I'm going to tell you right now, this shit has stuck with me for a few days and it's probably going to be a spoiler for everybody involved. But if you're not fully prepared to understand what you're watching, how can you actually watch it? Like that's the whole point of a trailer. I'm just giving you a more detailed trailer and you can choose to listen or not listen. (laughs) Obviously everybody has a choice. Uh, so I'll probably spoil it for some people. I know Kanye Pepper ain't going to watch this shit. (laughs) So a lot of spooky stuff happens, but like nothing, like I said, nothing to the effect of jump scares like in Hill House, which, you know, I might want to watch again because it was pretty good. Uh, Peter Quint is one of the people I didn't feel sorry for in the slightest. Uh, he was somewhat of a villain in the way that he got the previous au pair, Rebecca, to kill herself, to be with him for eternity. Like, he manipulated her to the point of, you know, if you really wanted us to be together and you really loved me, then you would do this. And she she drowns herself because she doesn't want to be without him. And she figures out that he's a ghost because she goes to try and touch him and she disappears, like her hand disappears through his. And he'd been trying to show her the whole time that he'd been in the house the whole time because she thought that he left her behind and like ran off with shit because he was accused of being a thief. In his human life. Anyway, uh, there was... So that's basically what happens. This au pair comes to watch these orphans and weird shit starts happening. But weird shit has always been happening because there is a curse on the manor. And the curse has to do with Viola Willoughby. She was the oldest daughter of the guy that owned... Of whatever. I, I don't remember what his first name was. was Mr. Willoughby who owned the manor in the first place. So... I, it's kind of like I'm telling the story in reverse. So Viola Willoughby married to keep the house, to keep the manor in the family and then had a child. So she was very prosperous in her life. Um, having newly married a cousin, I think, (laughs) which I guess was okay back then. So whatever. She fell ill shortly after with the lung, quote unquote, which I can only assume is what modern day tuberculosis is. She lasted five years longer than was expected by the physician, but then her sister smothered her because she got tired of caring for her and being mistreated. Like, Viola would constantly slap her around, like, have fits and just be kind of a bitch. Like, (laughs) if I have to say that, like, I'm trying to take care of you and you smacked me in my face. Are you fucking nuts? You're lucky I don't slit your throat. (laughs) So when she gets smothered to death, they show her waking up to find herself as part of the trunk that she promised to her daughter that contained all of her clothes and her jewels. So she does this when she thinks she's going to die, which is five years prior. She locks away all her earthly possessions that she loves and says that on the eight, on her daughter's 18th birthday, she can open the trunk. So she becomes tucked away inside this trunk And one of the things that gets repeated is the same phrase, 
where she, she would sleep, she would wake, she would walk. That's what she would do. But she couldn't leave her room because when the door opens, it means the trunk has been opened, which is, which was very confusing, but I understood it. <laughs> and I don't understand much and I'm not stupid. It's just very hard to follow something like this, especially with the way it's written. Um, so the trunk symbolized the room that she was to stay tucked away in until someone opened it, which was, like I said, supposed to be her daughter on her 18th birthday. So they narrate her every move, which, like I said, which I read some people found very annoying, but I understood that it was to show the monotony of the list of things she could do, which wasn't much because she was dead. So, uh, okay. So she would sleep, she would wake, she would walk. That's all she would do. And this sentence is repeated by the narrator to instill the behavior because get this, her sister, I forget the sister's name. Her sister decides to take it upon herself to try and sell some of Viola's clothes. Because in, an, in like an attempt to save the manor, because the husband drove their drove his business into the ground and their finances were pretty shitty. So they couldn't afford to keep Bly Manor anymore. And they were two seconds away from moving out. And the sister, <laughs> the sister opens the trunk and Viola sees her sister looking at one of the dresses and somehow her ghostly arms go through the sleeve of the dresses and chokes her sister out and kills her. And I was like, Oh shit, that was a fucking portal and a half. So the husband who had remarried Viola's sister, uh, finds the sister in the attic looking all, her face looked like when the people died in the ring, like all askew and gray and scared to death pretty much. And uh, he decides that whatever curse had befallen his now dead bride had something to do with the trunk. So the the widow and the daughter and Viola's daughter carry the trunk. Like they decide that they're going to leave the manor because they said, you know, whatever's going on in this house is not good and we have to get the fuck out of here. So he didn't want the same fate to come to his daughter or himself. And they believe it had something to do with the trunk. So they take the trunk and they toss it into the lake, which is how Viola becomes the lady of the lake. Because she is so enraged at what had been do- done to her own f- by her own family that she decides to... It basically puts a curse on the land. That anyone who should cross her path or get stuck in her... I think they called it her gravity would be taken to the lake with her. Like, they would be killed. That's basically it. Which is very, like, it's very obvious because she walks the same path every night. She goes up through the main door, up the stairs, to the um, master suite, which used to be her bedroom. Then she comes back around, down the other staircase, and back out to the lake. And if you cross that path, you were going with her. And then you would be a ghost in the property now. So that's what she was doing. That's what she was busy doing, taking everybody and just killing everybody for getting in her way. Um, so going back to, you know, people dying on the property and staying there, like their spirit, the, their spirit's resting place would be Bly Manor. Hannah Gross is the caretaker of the house. And uh, she befriends Danny who Danny also befriends Jamie, who's the gardener, and Owen, who's the cook. So they have like four adults. Yeah, four adults and two kids. 
And they show, uh, they have an episode dedicated entirely to Hannah Gross. And it was beautifully written, but it was also, you could tell that it was the same people did The Haunting of Hill House because it was one of those things where you know she's having like a dream experience, but of course she's asking the person that she's having the conversation with in the in the dream sequence is like, what are we doing here? And she goes, and she like, or she'll say something like, we've had this conversation before. And he goes, yeah, we have. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, you don't realize what's happening. And then you're like, oh, shit, she has to understand something in this situation because otherwise it wouldn't keep happening. So she she keeps going through these different dream states and different scenarios that have happened throughout the house with Rebecca, the old au pair, with Peter Quint, with Owen, who she fell in love with working on the property. Owen became the cook because there wasn't one. And he came back to take care of his mother. So that's how he ties into the house because he, he grew up in Bly Manor. So he didn't grow up in Bly Manor. I'm sorry. He grew up in Bly. And, uh, it was, it was, it was beautifully sad because you get to the point now where you see her discover that she's dead. You see her go through the whole scenario. And what fucked me up the most about that was that she walks up over to, you know, see that the ghost of Peter Quint is talking to the little boy, Miles. And then Peter Quint just fucking taps Miles, the little boy that Danny is watching. This is before Danny even comes on the scene. Taps Miles, the little boy, enters his body, and then, you know, pushes Hannah into the well, and she falls and breaks her neck. And it kind of made me think of The Haunting of Hill House with the bent neck lady, because um, I forget what her name is. I think it's Nell in Haunting of Hill House doesn't realize that she's the bent neck lady until like the end of an episode. And you're like, what did I just watch? Like, <laughs> I watched these things and I'm like, what the fuck? Like this, The Haunting of Bly Manor, I think, was the first one out of this haunting series where I didn't have questions. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is really straightforward. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Victoria Pedretti's character in The Haunting of Hill House was the bent neck lady. And she just kept seeing her everywhere and she didn't understand why she kept seeing her. And it's because she gets, she gets, the house pretty much kills her. And she gets hung and her, her neck snaps. Anyway. So it was really sad to see, you know, Hannah come to the realization that she breaks her neck at the bottom of the well and that's her body. And what made it even worse was that, you know, that's when fucking Hannah meets Danny is when she, you know, she's staring down the well at something and fucking Danny shows up. And I'm like, oh, my God. So you mean to tell me that just just happened? Like, she just died as soon as the au pair showed up. I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. So that was that was crazy. And I know I'm talking about this show a lot, but it's so good. <laughs> but um, I watched a. Uh, I kept watching it. I binge watched it the whole weekend. So I started it. I think I started it Friday or I started it on Saturday. Saturday I started it. Friday, I don't know what I did. I don't remember. Saturday I watched it and then I watched a little bit on Sunday. No, I watched a lot of it on Sunday, actually. I watched most of it Saturday, Sunday before the wedding, and then Sunday after the wedding. And I was like, my heart hurt after I watched it because I got through the whole thing and I was like, 
holy shit. Because every episode was like another detail of like loss. Like Hannah Gross's episode just fucked me up so much because she was so in love with Owen and she did not realize she was dead the whole time. Like it was almost like the sixth sense, basically. She was the only one, I think, that didn't know she was dead. So cutting to the cutting to the like end of it is that, you know, a whole lot of shit happens between, you know, the start and the end of it. <laughs> I know that's very blase to say, but um, Danny finds herself in like the grips of the Lady of the Lake. Like the Lady of the Lake has her hand around her throat, carrying her up the stairs. And you're like, oh shit, this is it. So she's going to become part of the fucking property also. No. Plot twist. So Flora, the daughter the of the orphans, like there was a boy and a girl. It was Miles and Flora. So Flora jumps onto the bed and tells the Lady of the Lake to not take her. Not to take Danny, but to take her instead. And Flora looks like, you know, Isabel, the Lady of the Lake's daughter. Viola, whatever. And Viola takes her and carries her and starts carrying her towards the lake. And Danny is, Danny somehow is conscious real quick because she looked like she was done for. And she hops up and she starts chasing them both towards the lake. They get up to neck deep and they realize, and Danny realizes that she has to say the one thing to make this all go away that she finally realized was going on. And it was the one phrase that Miles had said to Peter Quint to allow Peter to possess his body, which is, it's you, it's me, it's us. And Viola looks at her and just, you know, says, okay, well, doesn't say anything, but like hops into Danny's body and just chills there for a while. Like that's basically what happened. And then like the whole curse dropped on the land, like all the ghosts who were there no longer. So Hannah Gross went, Peter Quint went, Rebecca went, everybody who was dead, it was gone. The curse was lifted from the property and everything went back to being peaceful. And the uncle... Toward, at the end of that, the uncle and the two, Uncle Henry, I think his name was, Uncle Henry and Miles and Flora leave the property pretty much. Jamie, the gardener, and Danny, who had had a flirtation the whole time, decide to couple up while Danny waits for the Lady of the Lake to show herself, like, take over Danny's body, which does happen, but not for 10 years. And um, it that part fucked me up a little bit, too, because... You know, she starts to, she starts to live her fear. She had 10, 10 good years with Jamie, the gardener. They grew their life together. They, you know, married each other in private because it was the eighties. You couldn't really do that. And, um, they built a beautiful life together and Danny starts to get really nervous because she starts seeing Viola in water reflections and she wakes up to see herself almost choking Jamie in while Jamie's sleeping next to her. And, um, so she, she does the saddest thing ever, which is, you know, she leaves a note and she tells her like, you know, I didn't get to hear most of the note, but you basically, the, the gist of it was, is that, you know, the time has come, I've got to go, uh, basically that. So the gardener, <laughs> poor thing, the gardener goes back to the one place that she knows Danny might be at, which is the manor. She goes back there. She goes into the lake and the poor thing sees, this is like the biggest spoiler, the poor, not, but not really when, if you think about it, the poor thing sees poor Danny at the bottom of the lake, laying there with her eyes open. 
Like she's, she's gone. Like that's it. And they said that the, that, you know, the lady of the lake never rose, um, never rose from the lake ever again. The curse never started over and that everything at Bly stayed, Bly Manor stayed peaceful. And then you come to find out during the rehearsal dinner that the mysterious woman that had been at this, you know, wedding party, uh, was the gardener and, you know, Flora and Miles are there, but they have no recollection of what happened. Like the whole thing got wiped from their memory and they just know that Bly Manor was someplace they used to have their summers and they don't remember anything bad happening there. Like that's exactly what happened with that curse. Once it was lifted, everything disappeared. And, um, yeah, uh, it was, you know, gave me chills. Uh, so she, she describes, the gardener describes her routine, which is that she looks for her in reflections, like water, water reflections to see if she could see her. She leaves the door open a crack just in case she comes back to her. And, you know, the gardener goes back to her hotel room after the wedding and they start what they did was, which I thought was pretty sweet, is that they showed um, they showed the younger versions of the cast, like Uncle Henry, Flora, who was actually getting married. They show Miles. They show Owen, who was actually there, which I didn't realize until the end. And it was just the sweetest way to round it out. And then they show the gardener go back to her hotel room, you know, fill fill up the sink with water to see if she could see her, fill up the bathtub with water so she could see her maybe. And then you see her set up one of the chairs facing towards the door of her hotel room. And she leaves the hotel door room open. And the hotel room door. I can't speak. I'm telling you. And when they pan out, it looks like the gardener falls asleep. And when they pan out, you just see a hand on her shoulder. And you know who it is. (laughs) But I was like, this shit, I I honestly want to watch it again. Like, it was just so beautifully done. And it was, it was just so much loss and love in every episode that I'm like torn. It was so good though. I honestly feel like, you know, they did a really good job with this. And as I've said before, it's supposed to be like a love story, ghost story, kind of. It's not supposed to be scary. So if anyone does end up wanting to watch it, please do yourself a favor. Also watch you if you haven't watched it yet, because... Victoria Pedretti is a fucking great actress. Like, she's put something out three years in a row. 2018, she did Hill House. 2019, she did You. And 2020, she did Bly Manor. Like, what else is she going to do? I got to see what else she's been in. But I thought this was really good. Especially with how I just talked about it for like 20 minutes. (laughs) Sorry I went on, but you know, sometimes it's hard to pass up opportunities on something that you really want to talk about. And you know, I I feel like people really enjoy listening to me be passionate about things. And something I'm really passionate about is really good TV shows and really good movies. Uh, So I will obviously give you my opinion on it. You don't have to take it. And I honestly think that I gave you enough of the storyline to keep you to make you want to watch it. But also, uh, you know, not enough to spoil it too much. Like, I did spoil the ending probably, but I'm pretty sure people are going to watch it anyway. And if you haven't already, come on, get on it. And, you know, also, if you haven't, don't listen to this. (laughs) Uh, Oh, I got like two more things to tell you before we end this joint. Uh, I drove behind someone today 
that you can definitely tell did not own the car they were driving. Now, when everyone gets their driver's license and they're driving like their parents' car or something, because I did not have a car of my own in high school. I drove either my mom's van or Step Pops's uh, Nissan something. Uh, (laughs) uh, But I did not have my own car. So when you get your license and you're driving someone else's car, you're like really ultra fucking careful. And this guy was being ultra fucking careful. And the guy looked like he was 16. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I know that's not your car. I know it's not. You know, you're driving way too slow and you look like you're 12. And it was like a red Honda Civic. And uh, it was a red Honda Civic. And I was like, Oh shit, I had a blue Honda Civic as my second car. And yeah, I'm on my third car at 31, but you know, I'm maintaining this one. I had issues with the second car that got me to the third one, but whatever. (laughs) Meanwhile, I have to fucking get two rear brakes on it and a fucking inspection. So yay, yay that. (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, so that, so that was one car story. And another car story is I don't understand how people in my job don't know how to park. But, you know, I don't understand why they do a lot of things. So, you know, I got to work like really early yesterday. So I sat in the car for 10 minutes and I was just watching people park their cars. And like, it's the dumbest thing, like the dumbest thing to be watching because people watching is much better. But it's like, why are you driving an SUV if you don't know how to park it? I don't think that I think the only problem I've ever had parking anything is fucking parallel parking. Especially parallel parking in Manhattan, dude. Oh my God. Nobody gives you room to do anything. And motherfuckers don't care if you're parked there or not. They're still going to tap your car. That's what makes me even more mad. Like you can give them, you know, all the space on God's green earth to like park in front of you or behind you and someone will still hit your shit. I'm like, I hate the city. Like I'll go there for like a day trip, but holy shit, can't wait to get out. Anyway. So that's, you know, I just can't. I had, oh, so I had um, an issue last week with a CNA (laughs) on Friday, actually. So Friday at 3.30, I actually can't believe I remember this because over the weekend I drank a lot. No, I'm kidding. I had two, (laughs) two, two Jack and Gingers. And like I said, at this wedding, it did not warm me up at all. I had a, well, I had one and a half drinks. It wasn't even enough. So Friday at 3.30, I had already taken the box out, the in-service for the in-service. So I took the box out because I need it for the Obras. I feel like I've told this story already. Not in this episode though, but there's no way I could have told this story because I put my episodes out on Thursday and this happened Friday. So Friday at 3.30, the CNA comes up to me. Well, two of them. One in front of the other. One of them, you could tell, was like the leader of whatever was going on. So she goes, um, hi, yeah, I saw that the, uh, you know, the box isn't in there for the in-service. And I said, yeah, I took it out. And she goes, okay, well, um, when is it going to be out again? And I said, Tuesday. She goes, well, I'm not here Tuesday. And I said, all right, well, Tuesday through Friday. Now, I know you can hear the escalation and urgency in my voice for her to get the fuck out of here. She did not. So I said, it'll be out Tuesday through Friday of next week. She goes, well, I'm not here next week. So what am I supposed to do? And I said, in my mind, well, shit, she wants to start this this late in the day. 
So I said to her, well, then I guess you're just going to have to do the makeup and, you know, wait for an announcement on the makeup when it goes out next. And she like stormed off. And I'm like, listen, bitch, I don't have time for you, especially considering you're probably the one who neglects to help residents. I could just sense neglect all over your body. Okay. The way you approached me and the attitude you gave me does not make me want to help you in the future. And that's really sad because I'm probably going to have to fucking help you anyway, because that's my job. And like, maybe show a little bit more respect and a little less attitude when you approach me, considering the fact that I'm the one who has all the fucking materials to help you succeed. (laughs) That's as calmly as I can put that. Because again, it's always someone who wants to get up in my face that I'm going to have to help later on. Really fucking annoying. (laughs) If you ask me. But nobody asks me. They just fucking talk to me like it matters. Ow. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's all I have. (laughs) That's all I have. I think that's enough. I think you guys are probably getting tired of me. Uh, (laughs) so this, I'm telling you, please see, please watch the haunting of Bly Manor and also watch Shit's Creek for that matter. And also watch American Horror Story because I'm a psycho and I like all things terrifying and funny. You see like the spectrum of shit. Anyway. No, I don't kill people. <laughs> um, so yeah, shout out again to Kelsey and Dan for getting married. And uh, let me be a part of it. I feel special. Very, very special. I'm telling you, you know, out of 50 people, they picked me. Holy fuck. Um, but yeah, I just want to thank you guys for listening again for another week. Uh, this is episode 45. Holy fuck. <laughs> episode 45. We're getting to 50, dude. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We'll do some. <laughs> uh, but thank you again for listening. Uh, we're, we got episode 45 in the books, Coco Immunity. I don't know why I said it so weird. But I appreciate y'all for listening. And I love you guys. And I hope you come back for another week. Also, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It only helps it grow. We got to 2,000. Like, we got 1,000 listens in five months. That is insane. I'm still in awe of you guys. You guys are great. Uh, Keep doing it. Keep spreading the word. You guys are awesome. The only way this grows is if you help me grow. Love you guys, though. And I will see you next week. And like I always say, I hope you're having a cuckoo day. Bye, guys.